It's Miracle Mile weekend in Sydney. We've got some uh, very good races as well in New Zealand. The New Zealand Derby is going to be fascinating. Sharp and smart goes around there. And, of course, we've got Legato in the Australian Guineas. And Imperatrice has been back like it's unbeatable up in Sydney. And MG, Mick Gearan, the best in the business, joins us. How are you, Mick? Well, I'm sort of stunned, Michael. I'm, I'm, hello, good morning. I'm very excited. But every time I look at the market for the Canterbury Stakes, I'm like, wow. Somebody knows something about Imperators, I don't. And that's not being at all disparaging to Imperators. I've, I've seen every race she's had. I love her. She's a wonderful horse. But $1.85, I can't think of many sprinters in Australia who'd be $1.85 in the Canterbury Stakes. I don't think Giga Kick would be. And I can't think of any other New Zealand sprinter in the last 20 years who'd be $1.85 in the Canterbury Stakes. I know it's not the strongest race in the world. I know Artorias tends to race back in the field, so it may not be a speed threat, but man, that's short for horse who's ever been to Australia. Yeah. It's, I, I don't think I've ever seen odds for a New Zealand horse of either gate, which surprised me more. Yeah, it, it's been $3 into a dollar eighty. J-Mac uh, is a factor as well. And, and to be honest, as you said, it is not the strongest Canterbury Stakes. Golden Mile, who most thought would be running over a mile, drops back to the 1,300. Artorias doesn't win much. And then the others, Cascadian wants a mile. Converge probably wants a mile first up. The others are are not the A-grade sprinters, so she, she does get a really good opportunity on Saturday. Uh, and the New Zealand horse has won the race recently in Bostonian. And you could make the case Imperatures is as good as Bostonian, but the difference is Bostonian won three group ones in Australia, and he was proven over there. Uh, I, I get it. I get the logic to a degree, but there's no way in good faith I could tell people to take less than $3. When I sent the tweet out last week, she was going, Michael. She went from $13 to three fifty in about three minutes. Oh so I think I've, I've had plenty of, um, of the Twitter followers. I'm not a person who believes in all that sort of stuff, but I've had about of them contact me this week and some of them have sent me the little screenshots of their computer where they're on at 13s and 11s and 10s and I hope it wins for them because nothing better than getting on at the really short uh, big odds for the shorties but yes she can win absolutely not am I jumping on her remarkable stat actually because as you know and many of your listeners know J-Mac and I are pretty good mates with the New Zealand trained horses James has been on the last three years he's barely ridden a winner and not because he's ridden them bad some of them haven't gone good enough, like La Creek mm. and the Empire Rose. Obviously, he was on Sharp and Smart when I ran second of the Derby. He, he's the absolute go-to man for New Zealand stables. The big three, obviously, um, Damien Lane, that people can get him, and Huey when he's in Sydney. So uh, the other three that people try and get, and that's no disrespect to, to Ollie or Willow, they're, they're just the ones who have very deep connections to New Zealand. But I would say in the last three years... I was trying to think about it last night. I can't think of one Group 1 win he's had for New Zealand trained horse. Now, he's won an enormous amount of Group 1s with other horses and very elegant to his own to New Zealand. But they just have tended to be a race too short or a race too long where he's got on them at the wrong time. The couple of Group 1s we've had in Sydney recently with good horses. Um, they've been either Opie Boffin, who got the big double off Tiaka, Shark and Propabeel. And... Um, uh, and or maybe Kieran McElroy probably with the other one. And and, uh, and the Derby horses have tended to be Murray Baker's, mm. and, and James hasn't done a lot of riding for Murray Baker or Andrew Fawes one of the last five years. So 
Um, yeah, that's not, not by any means disparaging to James. There's nothing to do with that. It's just he hasn't had a lot of luck on New Zealand trained horses. Surely he's had one since Dundee won the Derby. <laughs> there must have been one. A, a, no, a, I, I, I honestly can't think of one he's, yeah. he's ridden for a New Zealand trainer. Yeah. Um, not, not, not in a group one. There might have been one up in Queensland, but I just can't think of one in the last two or three years. Mm. And he's been on a couple of favourites, but again, it's, hey, if, if, if there's an issue, it clearly isn't James. Hey, um, what price would you take Legato in the Australian Guineas? Because she's now a $9.50 chance. Yeah, look, I think Tens is fair. Um, I think, obviously, the top three at the top of the book. I think Elliptical's a really good horse, and obviously Jack and O, my opinion on Jack and O's irrelevant because everybody's seen him, and lots of people know him better than I do. I think they're very good horses. Um, I think Mr Maestro run a pretty wicked 1,600. I think Flemington 1,600 will probably race like an 1,800, so he might have a chance. One thing about Legato is she's not a horse who I think is a natural to take to Australia. Because she, she had the issue when she was coming through the grades, Michael, of putting her head on the side. That's either immaturity, physical or mental. So when she would go sprint, she would put her head to the side and she would still win because she was racing New Zealand fillies who, who probably aren't that good. In her track work and her trial the last 10 days, both times she's gone gun barrel straight. And that's a really, really good sign. So either she's strengthening up and her body's getting stronger or she's just getting the hang of it all or she's just maturing. But she's definitely been really good and really tractable in what I've seen over the last two weeks. I've seen an exhibition track gallop where she was fantastic and I've seen a trial where she bolted it. So I think she's in a really good space. If you take the form through Levante and King Kelso now is a proven Melbourne traveller and that's really important to me when I'm backing horses. I don't want to back first-time travellers because they usually stuff it up. Um, I think she's, she's not... She, I think she's a comparable horse with Levante and then you say to yourself, OK, well, are these the best three-year-olds in Australia? Maybe Jack and O'Wiz. I'm not sure about the rest of them. And you could take... I'm trying to find form lines for the Victorian punters because that's what they're looking for. She's been comparable to the second, third and fourth string horses around Sharp and Smart in New Zealand. And Sharp and Smart's beaten elliptical. So she's in the conversation. Mm. She's in the fight. And $10 makes sense. I think the harder they go, the better it will suit her because it will give her no time to think. But... She's not totally push-button yet, but I've really liked what I've seen in her work and her trial in the last two weeks to, to suggest maybe she's coming on at the right time. You mentioned Sharp and Smart. He's ninety in the New Zealand derby on Saturday, and he's just a horse that never lies down. He's tough. He's strong. Is that a bet at ninety? I backed him earlier in the week. Um, it's really hard to advise people to back a dollar ninety horse in an eighteen horse field because there's so much percentage of the other seventeen horses. Even if they've only got a two percent chance each, you start adding up pretty quickly. It's a good field. I think he'll win because I think from barrier four he can jump and Ryan Elliott can put him in the first five, and then they've all got to run past him. So he's close enough to a bit. But if someone said to me, "What am I backing this weekend?" It wouldn't be him. Mm. But if someone said, "What am I backing in the Derby?" It would be him. And I, I think he'll win, and I think he might even win by a couple of wins. But, as I said, in an 18-horse field, Michael, you, you could spend an entire year you know, before you find value at $1.90 in 18-horse fields. Yeah, and then he'll be off to Australia as well. Um, I want to change codes and get your thoughts on the Miracle Mile a, a few weeks ago. 
Captain Ravishing was a, an odds-on favourite in the early markets for the Miracle Mall. He's now $5 after the draw. Yeah, well, look, it's been an interesting time with Captain Ravishing. There's been a lot of real angst about the horse because, yeah, when people say a horse is the best horse in the world and then someone like me, she's, hey, calm down. And that's my responsibility, Michael. I, I take those roles really seriously because... I work for the punters. I don't work for this radio station. Listening to this now, I'm not getting paid to do this. I do it because I want to give punters the best advice. And people get really antsy when you when you say to them, hey, calm down, this isn't as good as you think it is. The irony is I wasn't surprised when he got beaten in the chariots of fire. So I rocked up on Monday and had 2000 on or $5. Because he's exactly the same horse as he was two weeks ago. Nothing's changed. Mm. So nothing's changed with the horse, and he was dollar... 80 to win the Derby at the Miracle Mile two weeks ago. Now he's $5. And that's how you bet. Take emotion out of play. He got beaten last time. I think he might have had a niggle somewhere. Usually when a horse hangs that bad and hangs in over the marker pegs, they're usually feeling something, and that would tend to be on the offside because they're running away from it. Now, it could be mental. The horses have knee issues and hoof issues and sore backs and all sorts of stuff all the time. And once you work them out, and they're very, very good trainers, then they'll go perfectly better. They'll, they'll do better horses. I reckon he's a chance to sit three back on the outside, peel off at the top of the straight, and explode and win. I, he's not my top pick. He's my third pick in the race. But the $5 is massive overs compared to what he, he is as a horse, which is very big and very fast. I think a Victorian will win. Honolulu Bay has been the horse of the summer and very dominantly the horse of the summer coming from back in the field. So I think he'll win. But, yeah, coming from back in the field always makes things harder. So I think catch a wave is a really, really good chance too if in that second 400 it can roll to the front. I see Mark Dan and Spirit of St. Louis getting involved early. And then once they've sorted themselves out, Menangles won in the second 400 of races between the 1,200 and 800. If they button off, and go too slow, the horses back in the field have no chance. But that's when catch a wave, expensive ego, or even Captain Ravishing gets their chance to move. And if those leaders have really burnt, they might even get the chance to run to the front. But if they sit and wait for too long, then your luck is going to be determined by other horses. So you can make a small book for yourself, if you want to, around Honolulu Bay, catch a wave, and Captain Ravishing. But if you had one bet in the Miracle Mile... Honolulu Bay is a clear top pick because he can win from lots of different scenarios where a lot of the other horses probably don't have the ability to do that. Uh, your 2000s just clicked through. They've updated Captain Ravishing. It's now into 380, so the $5 is gone. Well, <laughs> the bizarre thing is, Michael, which he's, he's exactly the same horse he was two weeks ago. And I haven't been involved in a horse and harness racing, and I've been doing this for a long time, which has created so much angst because... When you say a horse is the best horse in the world, there's nowhere to go with it. When it gets beaten, it thinks, oh, it's a failure. But what a lot of the journos and a lot of the people on social media have to realise, that this is really important. When a horse wins or loses a race, it doesn't care about you. No one cares about you. They care about their money. And we work for the punters. We don't work for the studs. We're not here to get the hype machine. We're here to tell people what chance a horse is for doing certain things. And if you say a horse is the best horse in the world... You don't have anywhere to go. I've said it twice in my career. I'll be riding about horses for 37 years. I'd said it once when I saw Varenne, the champion trotter, and I saw when I saw Frankel. I've seen the best horse in the world twice in my life, and I've been doing it for 37 years. And that's not a warning for anybody. It's not a I'm better than you type thing. 
It's just the way social media has gone that we all need to one-up each other. But we've got to remember, we work for the punters. This is their money. We're not here to bullshit people, and we're not here to call everything the goat. And if people want to get antsy about that and complain about hype, well, hype's for the marketing people at racetracks. We're here to work for advisors, and our job's to tell the truth. And if people don't like that, well, then they can go listen to the hype and stop listening to the people who are telling, trying to tell the truth. Now, Mick, we can handle the truth when you give us tips. So who do we back this weekend? I'm going to back on Lua Bay, because I like having two bits in a race. I think it's a really smart way to bet. I might even have a small saver on Catch a Wave, so I'm betting in the Miracle Mile. It's a definite bet race. Um, I'm going to wait to see what sort of odds we get for a horse, you know, like Sharp and Smart. If he got out to 220 for punters, he's a bit obviously back them a slightly bigger odds than that. There's a horse racing at Tarapa who'll just win. It's called Babylon Berlin. It's going to race ahead and it's coming across for the William Reed on the 24th. So it's racing a set mates and penalties race. It's run second in group one of the last three starts, but it doesn't get penalised. So if someone said to me, what would you do? And I had $100. And I'm not telling people to bet $100 because you should always bet responsibly. But if you took Babylon Berlin, and I think it's race three at Tarapa. Dollar forty. And, yeah, and you took it all up into Sharp and Smart, and then you took it all up into Honolulu Bay, and then did exactly the same bet with 10%, 20% for Captain Ravishing and Catch a Wave, you'll get to 9.40 or whatever it is on Saturday night. There's three horses running for a profit for you in the Miracle Mile, and you want to, have to thought a lot, think a lot. So Babylon Berlin, into Sharp and Smart, into those two or three horses, you can take either. And some people would say, well, why would I do that? Because it means on Monday morning you'll have more money. <laughs> Uh, love it, Mick. Uh, we will catch up next week. Enjoy a stellar weekend of racing all around Australia and New Zealand. Man, looking forward to looking forward also to being part on track. I'm going to Menangle. I'm doing both oh, meetings brilliant. on Saturday, Michael. And uh, it's going to be big coverage on the Miracle Mile on Sky Thoroughbred Central. So anybody who, who wants to watch the Miracle Mile, um, you can find it really in-depth on Sky Thoroughbred, uh, Sky Thoroughbred Central. And thank you to them for giving myself and Brittany and, and Ryan Fettel the chance to do that. Uh, looking forward to it, Mick. Uh, you have a good weekend. We'll be watching on Saturday uh, from too, 